celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Hey, welcome, my friend. Grab your animals, bring them around the radio, because they like the show, too. The ones that are around us, they're actually sleeping. I know, they come in here just to take a nap. Pretty sure they like the show. Uh, On the show today, Nancy Dussault will be joining us. Dussault. Dussault. Oh, Dussault. Okay. Nancy Dussault will be joining us in just a few minutes. She was on Too Close for Comfort. She was uh, on the uh, uh, Mad About You. She was, Mad About You, yeah. She, she's been around. And she, she has. has a uh, brand new dog, a small dog, I understand. She'll be telling us about it. I think she has some potty training problems, too. We're going to find out. Because, you know, even the big celebrities have troubles with their animals. <laughs> also, we're going to be talking to a young lady who heads up an organization called Feeding Pets of the Homeless. And you may, oh, I love that. Isn't that great? I mean, you see people yeah. around that are homeless, and they often have pets with them. And sometimes you think that you ought to just give some money because they have a pet with them. And there's a lot of controversy about it. But this organization finds food and veterinary care for these homeless animals that are hanging out with uh, homeless people. Because awesome. they're both homeless. But they have each other. That is, is really awesome. Yeah. yeah. What are you working on over there in the newsroom? Um, well, everybody's going to be... Observing, I shouldn't say watching or staring at the solar eclipse next month. But what about your, your pet? Have you given any thought at all to if your pet should be wearing glasses of a special kind or something? Sure. I, I never thought about that. Yeah, I have, me, uh, me neither. I have yeah. the uh, solar uh, doggles ready to go for Ladybug <laughs> so she can watch with us. Solar doggles? Yeah, we want her to enjoy it just as much as we are, right? <laughs> Don't look straight at it. So. I'm going to street vend and sell them. There you go. I'm going to go out and sell my yep solar um, doggles. Would you call them <laughs> doggles? Yes, doggles. I don't know. Doggles. I think that's that's a trademark name. You're going to have to come up with something, <laughs> yeah. something else. Let's see. Uh, how about we go to the phones and answer your calls right now, Doctor Davies? Itching at the bit. Chomping at the bit. Chomping, Chomping at, at the, the bit. bit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's so easy to reach out to Doctor Debbie or Joey Villani. It's toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. So download that now. Uh, we go to Tracy. Hi, Tracy. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Great. What part of the country are you calling from? I'm calling from from the state of California on the beautiful Central Coast, Aurora Grande. Oh, gotta love it. <laughs> so what's uh, what's going on with you and your animals? Well, I have a um, about eight and a half year old black Labrador retriever that was recently. I noticed a lump on in his throat um, when I was petting him. It wasn't noticeable when you put your hands around him, and I took him to the vet. Um, he uh, went ahead and uh, did an aspiration on it. Couldn't get anything. We decided to wait about a month to see if it was if it were growing or what was happening. And I took him back and. Yes, it had grown a slight amount, so they decided to remove it. And when they removed it, it, it came back as um, a thyroid carcinoma. And so I'm oh trying to do some research, and I'd really like some information from Dr. Debbie um, regarding this. If she has seen this at all in her practice, um, I'm not being able to find a lot of information um, about it um, well, some information online, but not a ton. I do have him scheduled to go to UC Davis for um, further evaluation. We have done um, a baseline x-ray at the vet that has not metastasized that we can see from the um, x-ray to his lungs. And we also did a baseline um, blood test 
for his thyroid, and it was, um, I think, at a 1.4, which was low to normal. normal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And is he feeling good otherwise? Is he having any other changes? Trouble breathing? No, he feels feels great. He feels that you would you would never know that anything was wrong. He's very active, eats well. Um, no symptoms that I can see that I've read online of anything that would suspect anything. It was just one of those things where I put my hands on him and felt something. It was like, what's that? You know, and I thought it was maybe his Adam's apple or something like that. And it's like, ooh, it moves. So thyroid tumors, um, not as common as some other types of tumors that we do see, but, um, and I, I would say most of the dogs that I've diagnosed thyroid tumors with dogs have been beagles, because um, that's a breed that is highly represented. So beagles, boxers, and I'd say golden retrievers are the most common ones that I've seen it in. Not that mm-hmm. it can't happen in other breeds, it's just a little bit more common in those others. So, yeah, any kind of nodule in the neck area would be suspect for this. And the good is that, yes, sounds like you got it small, you got it before you got a lot of other symptoms, but the bad is that the overwhelming majority of these thyroid-based tumors are malignant, and then approximately 90% of them will be either a carcinoma or an adenocarcinoma. So that means that it could have that potential to metastasize to the lymph nodes or to the lungs. So I'm glad that they did do some chest x-rays because we can pick it up sometimes at the very time we diagnose this lump in the neck. And we can sometimes see it in about 30 to about 30 to 40 percent of the dogs. They'll actually have it in their lungs already. Um, So um, there's other things we can do. What is is the best line of treatment? I mean, what do, do they mostly do radiation on this or... It depends. It it really depends. And um, if you're going to UC Davis, the great thing about that is there are some um, a lot of newer testing that help us to identify what mode of therapy is going to be the best. So there's types of genetic tests that they can do, um, and that can help to decide whether or not this type of tumor is maybe more amenable to radiation therapy, chemotherapy. But there is actually a whole lot of things. So we do surgery, and um, if we don't get good margins, a lot of times we'll follow that up with radiation therapy, um, which is kind of similar to people where, you know, we irradiate the surgical bed, the area of where the tumor is removed. And that's good if we don't get all of the tumor or if we have an incomplete removal. So um, the PATH report from your other veterinarian will be important. And if even possible, they may even ask for uh, samples um, or uh, slides from that biopsy so they can do some of their own testing on that as well. Um, oh, but okay. yes. Yeah. Okay. Are there any are there any particular questions that you can think that I should ask um, yeah. up there? So the things that I would ask maybe in advance first is, do you want some of those samples from the biopsy? Because that does take a little process to get that together. And obviously it's removed already. So anything, Mm -hmm. if they need to do any analysis on that, you might see if you need to... um, you know, get that from your other lab. So that would be one okay. thing. Find out if you need that. And I would also make sure, in addition to chest x-rays, um, if we want to try to really know where we're at kind of going into things, they're going to have to do lab work. Um, so an important thing that we look at is the calcium level with uh, thyroid tumors is because that can actually be um, an indicator of uh, some of the symptoms that we might have as well as the behavior of that. Um, so oh. high calcium um, can be a problem as well. So I don't know if okay. your vet did all of these things, but that would be one thing to anticipate 
participate. They're going to need to do blood work. They're going to probably okay. want to sample the nearby lymph nodes. So that coming from the neck area might be um, in the shoulder area, the prescapular area, or the mandibular lymph nodes. And they may want to okay. take a needle biopsy, or they may want to take a, a full surgical biopsy of that to evaluate if we've got any evidence of spread in that in that area. Oh, so yeah, I think question. do your Get your ducks in the row and, you know, anything that they need in advance, have that with you. Uh, copies of x-rays, um, okay. if possible, the biopsy report, or, or at least some of the samples of the s- slides would be helpful. Okay. And then for, for me, as far as what I like to ask as far as what... A lot is kind of like what your goals are, too, because there's Uh pros and cons with all these different types of therapies. Um, And if surgery has already been done, first thing would be to, you know, ensure that they do or don't want to do any secondary revision surgery. If they're happy with how the surgery report came, do they want to do a follow-up therapy in the immediate area to treat there? And if not, um, are we going to go with full, you know, chemotherapy? And uh, I think you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of things with all of that. Um, okay. Because it, it really is a little bit dependent on uh, expectation of time, cost. With radiation therapy, that is something that is, it's not just a one-time treatment. It has to be repeated usually daily for a long period of time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, making sure that you have the logistics to, to be in the area or to have your pet stay at the facility. Um, and same thing with chemotherapy. There's going to be a lot of follow-up and um, repeated treatments and finding out what the schedule of that is going to be. Um, okay. And, and as okay. well as the different chemotherapy drugs, there's different cost factors with that. Okay. And, and an animal's reaction to chemotherapy and radiation is, is a little bit different than ours. It's not quite as difficult for them. Is that true or is that Yeah, chemo, A lot of po- folks are really scared of chemotherapy with pets. And yes, I, I would share that if that was your vet's opinion. Um, animals tolerate chemotherapy better in some ways because what we go for people is we go for an absolute cure. So we hit our human patients with really high doses of chemotherapy agents, and we're trying to squash the cancer at all odds. Sometimes we can't do that, and we might do that in pets if it's a feasible uh, disease to control, but otherwise we go for quality of life. Um, so um, I found uh, my one of my own dogs was um, under chemotherapy for a bone cancer years ago, and you know the first treatment, she was a little nauseous, she was a little sick and acted goofy, but the follow-up treatment, she did really well, and I was so thrilled. You know, we, we gave her six months extra that she had with us, and it, you know I don't regret that at all, and I I think going through it myself, I, I encourage people to not uh, write off that possibility because, you know, it's a hurdle. And, you know, I think our dogs and cats are a lot more sturdy than sometimes we give them credit for. They're, uh, yeah, they're fighters. Okay. Well, he's part of our family, so I will do everything I can to make sure. And, and, and he's a big dog. He's a big lad. He's about 106 pounds. Oh, and wow. I really, yeah. yeah. And, and I know that, that because of his size, his life expectancy anyway would probably be maybe 12 years. Most of my labs have been around until they're 14. But, mm-hmm. um, if I could, if I could keep him three more years, if that's a possibility of us catching this soon enough, and, and I'll do what I need to do in order to try to make that yeah. happen. Quality of life, I agree with you. Quality of life. It, he has to be happy. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. You've been very helpful. I appreciate All it. Right. We wish well, you the best of luck. Things. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Keep us posted, Tracy. I will. Thank Th- you very much. Thank, thank you for you. calling. Tracy's calling from uh, Arroyo Grande, listening to KVEC 96.5 and 920 AM. This Healthy Serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. 
Hit them up over at redbarninc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet. And we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we'll go back to those toll-free lines, 1-866-405-8405 for your calls to Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani or just to check in and say hello uh, don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. How many times do I got to tell you this? I mean, really, you know, I mean, have you downloaded the app yet? Just do it so he'll shut up. Please. <laughs> Coming up in just a few minutes. I did. You, yeah, you did. You actually downloaded it like three or four I, times. Yes, I did. Good for you. And grab your friend's phone and, and download it. Uh, download it for, it for them, too. Yeah. If you're good, you know, it improves your gas mileage. Not a lot of people know that. It's a hidden secret. But if you. How? It, okay. How? It makes you look sexier. <laughs> it does make you look sexier. Okay. I'm downloading right now. <laughs> In just a few minutes, Nancy DeSalt will be on. She was Muriel on Too Close for Comfort, Ted Knight's wife. She was also on. Uh, I used to watch that show all the time. You, Mad About You? Did you see her on Mad About You? Yeah, she, she played. Uh, What's her name's mother? Stemples. Uh, Helen Hunt's, Helen Hunt's mother. mother. Yeah, I don't yes. forgot her character's name. I did, too. <laughs> it's also, uh, let's see what else we have coming up. Oh, we talked about this about two or three years ago. There's an organization that feeds the pets of the homeless. That's cool. It is. I love that. Yeah. And we're going to find out what they're doing. I, I believe they have one of their eighth anniversary Give a Dog a Bone days coming up. So we'll talk to them about that. Also, a lady who has a tortoise. She's uh, in the Britain, UK. UK, uh-huh. And she has this crazy tortoise that apparently is driving her batty. Keeping her from working. Is that what it is? Yeah. Won't let her work? Who knew? Okay. Uh, She's just right around the corner right here on Animal Radio. Plus your calls. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, a lot of us use Rover.com to book, you know, things for our dogs. But Uh now... Rover.com is expanding some of their services to cats, so we'll get you up to date on that. I understand that they've just received $65 million in funding from a venture capitalist firm. Jeez. Yeah, that's a lot of faith, isn't it? Wow. That's a lot of Move over, Rover. Yes. (laughs) Let Kitty take over. What are you working on, Joey? Well, if you're going to, the summer heat, you know, is, is here, and if you're going to be looking at getting yourself a pet, um, you may want to talk to me about, you know, what's the right pet for the right climate for you, you know, hot, cold, warm, whatever. Okay. Let's go to the phones, toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Yeah, summer's here. You can tell we're schwitzing in the studio. We're all excited about it, but you know what? Your pet may not always be excited as you are. There's thunderstorms and lightning, all those noises that really freak him out. Talk about anxiety. And that's where composure supplement chews come in from Better Science. This is where you come in. 
John is calling from New Orleans. What's uh, going on with your animal? Well, he's being in the house. He's a, he's from the shelter. I adopted him about three months ago, and they started him on a heartworm program, and I can't exercise him due to the medication. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a lot of energy. I don't know if that's connected with it, but, I mean, he will just let it go. Uh, I just finished cleaning up an enormous big pool of it. Is this a cat or a dog? This is a, a dog. dog. He's a German Shepherd. He's a smart animal, and I don't know what's going on with it. Okay. Well, and um, just to clarify, so he's being treated with for heartworm disease, which means that he's being treated by the heavy-duty melarsamine, which um, helps to kill the, the adult worms. And when that happens, pets have to be confined strictly um, because activity, exercise, running, playing can actually cause those dying worms to lodge and cause blockages. Um, and that can actually cause a, a fatal event. So that's why that activity restriction is so imperative in a pet being treated for heartworm disease. So um, it can be really tough because, you know, they do get they get anxious, they get built up, pent up energy. So for some dogs, uh, you know, if it's appropriate and it's cleared with a veterinarian, I will use some tranquilizers and sedatives to kind of help calm them um, at certain times of the day. Um, but beside that, you know, your problem with urinating in the house, um, it would not typically be a symptom related to the heartworm treatment, um, but it's always a great idea to have that urine sample checked with your veterinarian to make sure there's not something going on, because if there's not, then we're going to focus more on getting kind of back to the core basics with training. An anxious or um, kind of freaked out pet who has all this energy that can't go outside may be more prone to eliminating in the house, either through urine marking or just soiling in the house. So um, in those instances, we really have to do supervised uh, outdoor trips to go to the potty area. And you have to go back and treat him almost like he's a puppy. You know, where you praise, take him out on a leash, you know, give him loads of uh, affection and the occasional treat even for doing that outside. Um, and supervision really is key in these situations so um, if you're missing the the urine accidents in the house um, you know you can't you know you definitely can't punish them on those things and the more you can supervise and get them outside and give that positive reinforcement for the good place that he goes that's going to go the furthest here um, you know if this is more of a behavioral type problem oh okay do you think that medication can cause their hair fall out not typically, um, but as far as if you're in an area where you have a lot of heartworm, you very likely have other types of parasitic diseases. So fleas would definitely be big. He doesn't have big... anything. No, he doesn't have any other diseases. Okay. Well, he's very healthy. He's very healthy. Well, I mean, as far as, um, you know, with the hair loss, um, you know, I, I guess I can't say a whole lot about that. It's hard to see it over the television. I don't think it's related to your pet's medication. Um, now, there certainly can also be pets that turn to themselves if they have cooped up anxiety, and they can actually uh, self-traumatize, um, and that can cause uh, hair loss. Um, they'll actually have sores, um, and, and that would be something typically you would be observing and then potentially seeing him that, doing that. So if you're not witnessing that, um, it might be less likely for that. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Doctor Debbie. Uh, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of composure from Vetra Science. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for Vetra Science supplements. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers, 
Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Rover.com is expanding since the Seattle-based online shop for dog sitting and walking has seized another $65 million from its investors to continue their fast growth. They bought out their biggest competitor, Dog Vacay, earlier this year, and now Rover.com plans to continue expanding in the U.S. and Canada, even around the world, they're saying, as well as introducing some new and different pet services. Rover, if you don't know, built its name with overnight dog sitting services. But more recently, they've added daytime services, and it's booming. Dog walking and daytime drop-in services are growing super fast as well these days, along with one more surprising feature, cat sitting and drop-in services. So what's like a typical cat name? You, you have Rover and Fido for dogs, but Fluffy. Fluffy. they're still going to call it Rover.com, though. <laughs> but they didn't focus on cats in the beginning, obviously. But when people started using the site and registering their cats as a breed of dog, uh, they kind of got the message, and now they're adding cats to their repertoire. The UK's Royal College of Nursing is getting into the Animal Therapy Act. They say they want to boost the use of animal therapy in hospitals because pets can relieve suffering and aid in healing and make their patients happier. But most hospitals in the country do not allow animals on their premises. So the nursing union wants this to change and fast. Nine out of ten nurses are backing this move, saying patients with depression and other mental health type problems, as well as mental, medical problems or physical problems, can benefit. Two-thirds said that contact with animals could speed physical recovery. And other research, you've heard all of this, shows having a dog around improves mood and even calms those with dementia. The union is going to go ahead and release their guidelines later this year, giving hospitals advice on introducing animal therapy to their patients. Now, if you plan to watch the total solar eclipse coming up on August 21st, you've probably already given some thought to the fact of, you know, how do you protect your eyes? Okay, and you figured that out probably. But what about your pet's eyes? There are two schools of thought on that one. The most common one is animals will probably be okay. They don't normally look directly into the sun and stare at it. But it doesn't hurt to be safe, and that's why an astronomy professor at Florida State College in Jacksonville says it's best to outfit pets with protective glasses. But other experts at the recent solar conference don't agree, and they say there's really not much need to worry. As the director of astronomy and a professor of astrophysics at the University of Missouri said at this conference with NASA last month, her quote is, On a normal day, your pets don't try to look at the sun, and therefore it doesn't damage their eyes. And on August 21st, they're not going to be doing it either. However, you know, some experts add that the eclipse could affect the behavior of some animals as it gets dark. So it will be possible that insects and frogs might start chirping, and even cows might head to the barn thinking it's feeding time. 
<laughs> you know, we're going to have that professor on, I think, next week, because I want to find really? out. Really? Yes, from the one from Missouri, because I want to find out about this, sure. about their eyes and animals and what the animals might do during this time. I think humans are the only ones stupid enough to look at the sun directly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I thought that. I, I thought she had such a good point with that. I loved it. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. This is Animal Radio, baby. Toll free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie of this portion of Animal Radio underwritten by VetraScience. Summer is here and we're all a Twitter, but not necessarily your pet. For them, it means thunderstorms, lightning, fireworks. No one likes to see their furry best friend trembling in the corner with anxiety. That's where Composure Supplement Choose from VetraScience comes in. And let's uh, head on over to Rebecca. I believe it's Rebecca. Is this Rebecca? Regina. Oh, Regina. Sorry about that. What's going on, Regina? Okay, uh, my question is, uh, we have two African greys, but the youngest one, his name is Luigi, and we just got him uh, at the pet shop like a month ago. He was there. He, he was at the pet shop for nine months since he was uh, a baby, and um, he never grew tail. That was the reason why the pet shop owner was not able to sell it, so... He gave us a good price on it, but uh, we really like him because nobody was going to take him home nowhere. So uh, my question is, is he going to grow a tail ever? Because I try to keep him busy. I put toys in the cage. I try to keep him on the stand most of the time for him not to be just, just leaning against the, the cage wall. So why you mm-hmm. can tell me about it? Okay, so just so I understand, he has not grown his tail feathers in, or is he? Do you witness him pl- plucking them out? Some, some. As soon as they start growing up, he just pluck them out. And is he housed with other birds, or is he by himself? He was by himself at the time while he was in the pet shop. Right now, we have more than one bird at home, so he's socializing with other birds now. So his mm-hmm. attitude is changing little by little. Okay, because that would be one big thing. Now, I do see some juvenile um, African greys that tend to do this, uh, you know, in captivity and sometimes just when they're kind of stressed in kind of these pet store situations. It's kind of what they do just to kind of socialize and, and kind of preen each other. But it can get excessive, and it actually can also kind of be triggered by some anxiety problems too. So I like the idea that you're trying to find him things to do. You're trying to socialize him. Um, but um, I'm also a little bit concerned because in some cases – 
Um, we can see excessive tail feather chewing and plucking when there's actually problems medically going on down there. So there can actually be pain, inflammation, or even problems with the preen gland, the little kind of oil gland over the tail base area. So if you haven't had him checked by a vet, an avian veterinarian, I would certainly start with that first because anything you try to do behaviorally to correct this, we're not going to get anywhere if there's if something medically we need to address. Okay, um, because I keep checking on him and I don't see any any like bleeding parts and, you know, because I'm being concerned about it. So so I check and everything is dry, it's, no, it's, it's not bleeding or it's not, not infection. So that's why mm-hmm. I try to keep him busy, put toys inside the cage when, during the time that he's in the cage. And he seems yeah. to be doing better now, but um, mm-hmm. I'm going to follow for what you say. I'm going to try to see the vet, take him to the doctor. And um, since I have more than one, actually I was trying to find a place where I can... Um, what do I need to do to check on the sex? Because I have more than one, so I really want to know okay. what I have, how many boys or girls I have. So, okay, yeah, definitely. And and I'd say for you know for this guy's um, you know interest, um, I want to make sure that he's staying active too. So you know you, you've got some things for him to do, but um, there, there's also ways you can hide the food in his cage to keep him occupied. And kind of going back to this feather picking birds, it's horribly frustrating and becomes really some repetitive behaviors. And and I think a lot of times, you know, we just kind of have to think out of the box to keep our birds busy and to keep them from picking themselves. So, you know, there's little ways you can kind of hide their food in um, pieces of balled up paper um, so that he has to kind of pick through the paper to get to the food. And if the time he spends... I'll make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the time that, you know, cage birds, we pretty much present the food to them, sit it in front of them and say, okay, go ahead and eat. And it's, yeah. it's boring. You know, it's very boring. So yeah, because if you it's the only it... time when he gets very active when he's, when he's hungry and he starts. So what I did is I removed the food from the cage and I put it on the stand. So what I do is I force him to walk out of the cage and get the food. Once he's out of the cage, because he's very irrational now, he's like he's very... He's very, um, he doesn't let me pet him or anything, so it's a mm-hmm. fight. So he's very aggressive. So what I try to do is just make him get off the cage and close the cage and try to keep him on the stand. Because most of the time uh-huh. he's leaning against the cage in a corner, like uh-huh. in a sitting position. So I go like, that's Aww. never going to let the tail to grow any feathers because he's always against the, the yeah. floor or the cage. So I try to keep him on the stand most of the time. Yeah. And then one other thing, and, and your vet can kind of help you with this as well, is uh, sometimes, you know, African greys are big birds. Sometimes if their wings are trimmed a little bit overly aggressively, it causes them to fall and injure their tail feathers more. And that can lead to inflammation in the feather shaft. So that's where, you know, I know you're not seeing anything going on there, but this is where the veterinary eyes might be helpful in determining if there's something like that that we need to back down on a wing trim, use some anti-inflammatory pain relievers to help. Um, so, oh, so that's okay. kind of... So there's a lot we can try in that avenue. Now, you did bring up something about uh, sexing these guys. So there's definitely a blood test we can do, a DNA blood test to sex birds that you just can't tell from the outside what sex they are. Um, and, and that, too, your, your avian veterinarian can help you with that. We either draw blood from one of the veins or even sometimes just from a toenail trim. Um, okay. But, yeah, so that can definitely be done. And it might help you kind of understand some of your birdie's behavior as well. So. So I was hoping that that is going to help, but I'm going to follow to what you say, and thank you for taking my call, and I love your show. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much, Regina. We appreciate your call. I did not realize you were bilingual. 
1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the Dream Team. Dr. Debbie's here answering your calls, and this portion of Animal Radio was underwritten by VetraScience. Let this summer be stressless for your pets with the help of composure from VetraScience. From Glycoflex to multivitamins, your pets will thank you for VetraScience supplements. And I thank VetraScience for underwriting Animal Radio. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food. But we can tell you, alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. And we'll head back to those phones for your questions in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. Uh, first, we're going to visit with Genevieve Frederick. She is the president and founder of Feeding Pets of the Homeless. And Where are you guys located? We're in Carson City, Nevada. We is that- are a national organization, though. And what does your organization do exactly? Well, we provide emergency veterinary care and pet food to pets that belong to homeless people across the country, some in Canada, and we have a a site in Australia. Is there any controversy that surrounds this at all? Sometimes there is. It mostly comes from people that don't understand that human-animal bond, that uh, closeness, and for the homeless, these are their lifeline to sometimes reality. Sometimes it prevents suicide. Uh, these animals are non-judgmental. They're so loyal. They are just the, the greatest thing for these people that they don't have anything left in their life. This is their companion, the, their family. You know, some people think that it's not fair to these animals to be living on the streets, that the animals deserve a better life. But you know what? When you think about it, these animals are with their humans 24-7. They're not left home alone for eight hours a day while they're, you know, working and the owner comes home and is too tired to play with them. They get to be with their human. I I think it's absolutely a pretty good life. And that most of these animals are very social because they're out and about. They're meeting other animals, other people. And it is a way for these homeless to be able to connect to other humans because people will stop and say, oh, what a nice dog you have. Do you need food? Do you need water? And it gives them that connection. They don't they aren't invisible any longer. That pet is that bridge. Yeah, I hear stories where uh, uh, homeless people will 
give up their food. They're, they're just concerned about getting food for their homeless pets. Absolutely. We, uh, that, that is so true. They will share whatever they have or give their animal whatever they need before they'll take care of their self. And that includes medical care as well. Yeah. What about that scam that people were doing? They were sitting out on street corners with, with puppies saying needed money for food, and they were borrowing the animals just to get sympathy? It seems a little manipulative. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure that that has happened, and it'll probably continue to happen, because there are just bad people out there. In every sect, every part of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you get this food to the homeless? Well, we have a uh, donation sites across the country in every state except for one. And we there's over 450. And these are hospitals, they're groomers, they're banks, they're chiropractors, they're dentists. They collect pet food from their community and from their own clients. That pet food is then delivered or picked up by a food bank or a homeless shelter, and then it's distributed from there because that's where the homeless and low income are going to get their human food anyway. So that's how it's distributed. Our uh, donation sites have reported to us that they've taken over 492 tons of pet food to these places that distribute the pet food. That's a lot of food. So how do people uh, get food to you, and how do they support you? Do they support you financially, or do they support you by sending food? Well, we hope that we don't. We really don't want people to send us food. We want them to find a donation site in their community, take the food there. If they wish to donate money so that we can use that money for emergency care and for wellness clinics, they're more than welcome to go to our website, and we have a donation page there. They can donate right there, or they can send us checks uh, any way they want to send us money. We are certainly appreciative. I can say that since 2008, we've spent over a half a million dollars on veterinary care. So we, we need the money, and we don't accept any money from the government. So you help with veterinary care as well as food? Absolutely. If a homeless person calls this office anywhere in this country, we will find them the closest hospital to where they are work with that hospital and we pay the hospital direct is it true over 60 percent of the calls to your organization are from women that is true and you know what this this is my take on that women uh have a tendency to be the invisible homeless because it is so dangerous out there they you don't see women panhandling very often You'll see them in weekly motels, in cars, in uh, in homeless encampments, and they'll have a dog with them as protection, number one, and also as a companion. And sometimes they've gone into homelessness with this pet, but that is very true. Of the calls that we have taken that turn into emergency cases, sixty over 60% are women. But uh, we get calls every day from women looking for shelters that will allow them to go into a shelter with their pet. And unfortunately, in our country, there are far and few between. So we feel that to help um, these homeless shelters realize the importance of this, we'll ship them a collapsible metal crate free of charge. It becomes their property. They can use it over and over and over again. We've got to get these women and their pets off the streets. It's just too dangerous. And what's the website? Petsofthehomeless.com. 
Okay, we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.pet. Genevieve, we salute you. Thank you so much for what you do, and thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 next. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. GEICO presents a voicemail from your friend, Water. Hey, it's me, Water. Ah, look, about what happened in your apartment with a broken pipe. Um, I just wanted to apologize for ruining all your stuff, and I hope this can all just be some me under the bridge someday. Oh, and also, I'm not paying for anything. Okay, bye. Water never pays for water damage. Luckily, the GEICO Insurance Agency makes getting coverage a snap. Visit GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. There we go. (laughs) Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And we're going to head to the phones. They're all... Ringing white hot right now for your calls at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to Doctor Debbie or to Joey Volani. And uh, this hour we're going to talk to Nancy Desalt. 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 Come on. Do so. Do so. Do so. It's yeah. French. I don't. But, do not. Uh, do so. Do so. Do so. I got to get it right for her. I certainly wouldn't want to mess it up like I've messed up everybody else's name. Uh, although that would be a change for me to actually get, get some somebody's right. name right. Yeah, it was real time. embarrassing when you mispronounced Smith the other week. Yeah, I thought it was Smythe. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're going to go to your calls in just a couple of minutes. Lori is going to do a quick check of the news in about 20, 25 minutes. What do you have on the plate there? Oh, something really interesting. There's the first ever recorded, photographed, interspecies bonding between predators. I mean, these really? predators usually look at each other and it's like instant you know, kill. One goes in for the other. But this time, they're first time ever in a picture. Uh, let's go to you right now. Hey, Violet, how are you doing? Fine, how are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Actually, I have a problem with a cat that keeps on going in, in my one room, and she's got her own room and her own little tree and everything, but I can't let her out because she's got hit by the car twice. Mm. She waits okay. for the cars to come, and then she zooms out them. Mm. She's she's a and danger lover. She's pooping in my room. And she keeps on pooping there. So now okay. I don't know. Um, someone told me to get some miracle stuff to put down, clean it up. I've tried um, her, uh, oh, gosh, uh, kitty litters. I've went through so many of them. Um, mm-hmm. I went back to her old one now. Now um, someone told me to do like a little rescue remedy in her water. Mm-hmm. Now I put a couple drops. I don't know how many drops I should put in, but I put like five. But now we're seeing something different. She's stressed out. Mm-hmm. So now okay. I'm just wondering what kind of behavior, what can I do for her? Okay. So let me just get this clear. She um, she stays indoors, and yes. she has how many litter boxes? She has one, two, three, four, five in one room. In one room, one location. Wow. Okay. I don't want her missing. <laughs> okay. And then are there other kitties in the home? Um, In the other room. There's another room. Okay. So she does not leave this room? No, she does not. Okay, so then how is she getting to another room and in, in going inappropriately? No, she's doing it in her room. Ah, in her room. Okay. Yeah. All right, and so there's other cats. Kind of, and, and it's sad what she's doing. It's kind of what? In front of you. 
Okay, yeah. And it's not malicious. She's not doing it to tell you that she's pissed at you. She's she's unhappy. She's very unhappy with her situation. Now, is she only pooping out of the box or is she peeing out of the box? No, she's peeing in the box, but she's pooping outside. Okay. All righty. So this is a little bit kind of odd situation, I'll be honest, Violet, because a cat that only lives in one room, she's got a very enclosed small area. So she may be hearing things in the other rooms. She may be, you know, smelling things, other cats, other people, animals going by. And that can be a stressful thing. So in some situations, cats will just have a complete aversion to their litter box. And then sometimes it's stress related. So um, I like the idea you're giving her ample sights, but she's still not liking it. She's, she's, there's something about the litter box environment that she's not happy with. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, I, I would love it if she had more room in the home that she could call her own because that would be a yeah, more natural I, I exploration. And the next day we got presents again. We'll let her back in her room. So she'll try to go out the doggy door and, and then we have to catch her before she runs out to the street. Mm, okay. All right. And, so um, I've tried other stuff for her, but it's just, it's really hard because I don't want her getting hit by a car. I don't want her. She thinks dogs love her to death, that they'll eat her, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Violet, your challenge is going to be that it, it's not going to be what we give her to make her stop this. It's going to be how we change things in her current environment to make her go into the litter box. Okay. So it's really, she's she's like someone at a fair who really doesn't want to use that porta potty okay. and will go crouch in the alley because they don't want to go in that dirty porta potty. I'm telling you. Um, or... Or something, something that's upsetting in that litter box area. So I like the idea if you've tried litter changes. There may be other things we do. We take the lids off the litter boxes. We may try... We may try other things in addition to that as far as a regular litter box for some cats is just too tall. Um, so we'll try a lower uh, profile litter box, like I an under... A smaller one and then a uh-huh. bigger one and then I can well, not just off. Not just small in size. So the size of a litter box should be one and a half times the length of the cat. But we also want a low profile one. That means a low ledge to step over. And usually carpet, uh, I'm sorry, um, storage boxes that go under beds, you know, for like... Uh, uh, wrapping oh. paper, things like that. Those are nice and low. Oh. Now, we may say we're going to try something totally alternative in that litter box besides litter. Now, we can try scoopable litter. Most cats prefer scoopable litter over clay-style litters. But we may even try other things. Like I've had cats that like to go in dirt or that like to go in grass outside. So we may actually put those items inside her litter box. Um, the other thing I would ask you to put in the litter is a product called Cat Attract. And um, it helps to attract and draw attention to the litter box and makes kitties want to go in that area. So that might be one thing to try there. Um, and then as far as, you know, we just need to make sure we're making our kitty as comfortable as possible. So pheromones are helpful. Um, she may be a cat. We need to take her to the vet talk to the vet and see if she's a candidate for behavioral medications. Um, but everything you're describing to me is that she is unhappy about her living situation. And she's not doing it to spite you. She's not trying to get you mad. She's just, she doesn't know what to do. And, and this is how she's expressing herself. I thought maybe because when she got hit by the cars twice, maybe something happened to her. <laughs> You know, you know and, and that's one reason why to try the low-profile uh, litter box may be one thing to do. And I don't know the extent of her injuries, but, yeah, absolutely. If she had something down in the pelvic area, that can cause pain. And so if we have some kind of chronic pain back there, you know, that's the next yeah, thing. So yeah, so yeah. That, that, too, I would make sure, talk to your veterinarian about that. Yeah, my other one, my other veterinarian is giving her um, glucosamine. Great, good, so, good. And she actually hung herself on a fence but she goes outside she's 
she, and she pees in the toilet. So she's, she's, <laughs> but she will she's got it figured own, out. Own um, thing, and she doesn't want no one in there. So we have to keep hers only, period, hers. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Casey tells you everything about her. So <laughs> Wow. Really trippy. That's, I mean, I'm never that's a lot that. of poopy details here we got, Violet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope that's of some help. I mean, you've definitely got kind of a lot of things going on with trying to manage. And, and definitely, you know, I like the idea you got a tree for her, give her things to do, those little hammies that you put by the window so she can look outside. Yeah. Um, and a lot of those cat dispensing interactive toys, you know, treats, you so know, things for her to do. kind of thing that plugs in the wall also. It's a, a well, yeah, that, that's... Um, it, that, that's the pheromone diffuser, and that's a scent hormone that has a natural calming effect. So it can help. I don't find a lot of time it helps tremendously with defecation issues. It's usually more for cats with, uh, with elimination issues. So they're peeing in inappropriate spots. But, it, but you can try it. it. It wouldn't hurt, certainly. So. Yeah, she pees in it, but she just poops on the outside. So, and it mm-hmm. just started happening when she got that kitty flu, too. So... Mm. Um, when I took her in, they said that she wasn't going to live, and then finally they did. They said, she's fine. She's perfectly fine. I took her back again. She's fine again. Um, mm-hmm. But now she's doing it just like she'll go to her window, and I, I want to make a window, like, and she gets to stand up in her window, and people give her loves and kisses, you know. But it's just um, now I'm thinking it's more that she wants attention. No, she's not defecating for attention. Cats don't do that. They don't do that. It's not in. The, it's not in their playbook. Um, she's defecating for either, say, a medical reason that she's having pain, or that she has. She's unhappy with her litter box environment. So those are the, the focuses that I would really don't turn it into a human emotion. Cats don't think that way. Hmm. Um, it's really how we can make her happy. Hmm. I know, Judy. <laughs> you had problems with one cat, and you actually ended up putting uh, carpet samples in the litter instead of litter. Yeah, it was. She was going all over the carpet, and I thought, well, God, this will tell her that going on the carpet. It is okay, but I tried it. I cut up some pieces and put it in the litter box, for you. and it works. She'll go to where do you get the carpet. samples? You just go to the carpet store and yeah, ask I go for to samples. The carpet store and just ask for their old samples or get the old pieces Does of rug. It costs more than litter. No, it, it may cost a little more than litter, but, but it hey, works. you know, if they prefer that substrate, then then you're training her back to the physical location of the box. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. well, we wish you all the best carpet. of luck there, Violet. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. The great white shark is the creature most feared by humans. Sharks represent the universal fear of those dangers that lurk out of sight. Maybe that's why the name for a group of sharks is Shiver. A shark loves anything in the water making spastic movements. Treading water? There you go. 30% of the shark's brain is about scent. Scratch your arms on the rock surfing? Sharks can smell your blood half a mile away. And the stories. 500 B.C., 300 Persians eaten by sharks when their invasion fleet wrecked off the Greek coast. Or the one about the 16th century sailor found completely intact in a shark's stomach. At that time, sharks were known by the more benevolent name of sea dogs, but I doubt that mattered to the sailor. Or how about the discovery by a zoologist that sand shark embryos attack each other in the womb, leaving only the winner to be born? How did the zoologist discover this? He was attacked by an embryo while dissecting the mother's shark. Though I'd argue in favor of the embryo if someone is dissecting his mother... 
In Hawaiian myth, godlike shark men are ridiculed when they appear on the beach to warn of sharks in the water. Why would anyone ridicule a warning from a godlike shark man about sharks? Could this really be a story about respecting the presence of sharks? Over a hundred million sharks are killed every year. Millions for shark fin soup. Soup. The shark's fins are cut off and they are tossed back into the sea, alive and paralyzed, to sink to the bottom and drown. For soup. What keeps us from showing awe and wonder in the presence of the biggest predator on the planet? If we kill and slurp them all, will the universal fear of those dangers that lurk out of sight, the fear we have projected onto the shark, disappear? To protect pearl divers, Brahmin priests cast stupefying spells on sharks. If a stupefying spell works for Brahmin priest and Harry Potter, then let's be stupefied with awe at these ancient wonders and leave those fins where they belong, on the shark. Visit us at voiceoftheanimal.com with thanks to the commercial music program at Bakersfield College and a Better Place Foundation for Voice of the Animal. This is Rayanne Cumulos. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free at 1-866-405-8405 to reach out, talk to Dr. Debbie or to Joey Villani. First, we're going to reach across the pond to Michelle Hansen. She is, where are you exactly? I'm in North London, near Hampstead Heath. Near Hampstead Heath. I love your accent. I just absolutely (laughs) love it. You actually uh, have a turtle, is that correct? Oh, he's a tortoise. A tortoise. There's a difference, Hal, between a turtle and a tortoise. How, How big is he? He's uh he's about six inches long, four inches wide. Is this your tortoise? No, it's my daughter's tortoise, and she went away and then had her balcony done, so I've adopted it. Oh. And it's come to stay. <laughs> well, I didn't realize that a, a tortoise was so much work. I thought you just kind of put him in the yard and you'd see him in six months or yeah, so. That's, that's what I did, but I have a pond, so we got another near-death experience today. He goes into the pond and he can't get out again. I know he's been in there again today because he's come out covered in chickweed. Like, he's very sensitive. He went back to my daughter to live with her, but it upset him. He just paced along backwards and forwards in front of a floor length, looking at himself. And I had to bring him home again. He's very traumatized. Can I say he sounds a lot like a dog? <laughs> That's a dog. That's a dog's, uh, last week, another dog bit its ear on the heath, so now it's got one of those combs on its head. Wow, it sounds like a regular zoo over there. How do you get any work done? <laughs> I don't. I mess about, and I've got frogs in the garden, and sometimes I've got my daughter's dog as well. So that's two dogs, the frogs and the tortoise. Now, a, a lot of us think tortoises are kind of slow creatures, but apparently this one's greased lightning, huh? It is like greased lightning. You can get to the top of the garden while you're not looking and lose it in two seconds. And also, he's very sensitive. He was given to my daughter by a boyfriend, and then they broke up, and he wouldn't eat 
for three weeks. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't eat after your daughter broke up with the boyfriend? No, he could tell the atmosphere was depressing. To think. So then the vet said to give him peaches in syrup to start him off again. So we gave him peaches in syrup and he just, he recovered. But now he's been moved back to my daughter's back here and he's lost confidence. He won't go in the garden. He keeps coming in and out, in and out, in and out. Uh, but now he's going out. He's becoming a bit braver. How do you build up the confidence in a tortoise? I just have to be very patient, and I hand feed him dandelions. He likes dandelions, very fussy. He likes dandelions, and flowers only, radicchio, coslet, no, uh, little gem lettuce, the odd rose petal. He likes, but he loves cucumber. But apparently cucumber is bad for tortoises, too much cucumber, it's junk food for tortoises. <laughs> ah, like cheeseburgers. Yeah. yeah, yes, exactly, it's a tortoise cheeseburger. But we did a test to see, because I've got a pond in my garden, which uh-huh. is the tortoise pond. So we tested him in a big bowl to see if he can actually swim and not sink like a stone. And he did, he managed to float, and he can poke his head up and take a little breath. So then we rescued him. But he does, I mean, I could show him, can you see me? You can't see me, can you? No, no, I can't, unfortunately. I could show it to you, but I don't think you've got a picture there, have you? Uh, no, it's radio yeah. anyway, so, yeah. but you're painting a beautiful picture for me. <laughs> I, I'm getting the idea. How does the dog get along with the tortoise? Uh, he attacks the dogs. Oh. The, the he, tortoise attacks the dogs? Yes, he rushes towards them and bites their toes. They're quite nervous <laughs> of him. <laughs> He's very aggressive, and he's very fast, and also he tries to get out all the time. He's an escapologist. What he does, first of all, wherever you put him, he goes all around the edges of wherever he is to see if there's an escape route. And uh, when there isn't, he sort of settles down a bit. But my my daughter has a, a mirror that goes down to the floor. He spent his whole time there obsessively going backwards and forwards, attacking this other tortoise in the mirror. I had to bring him back again. So I guess your daughter hates you. No, my daughter feels a bit torn. You know, I said, would you like me to adopt him? And she didn't like the word adopt. It's a bit permanent. So I'm fostering him. And also, I have a garden. She doesn't have a garden. He likes the garden. I was going to hold him up if you could see him because he's covered in chickweed. So I know he's been for a dangerous swim, but he has managed to get out again. So So would you recommend people stay away from tortoises as pets just because they're high maintenance? Well, they're very entertaining, uh-huh. and they're not. You've got a safe garden, which is safely walled in with no pond. You're all right, no problems. It's the pond that is the big worry. But I don't think he will drown. But I'm always a bit nervous. Also, you know, I'm a bit worried a fox will come in and carry him away. So I thought, but I'm a very anxious person. So you need to be calm and have a safe garden and no pond, and you know, that's fine. And he can wander about indoors. He doesn't hibernate. He has a special, very expensive UV lighting for the winter, which he has to have turned on every day and then off, and he has a bedroom. So, you know, if you're prepared for all that. We have a friend who puts their tortoise in the fridge every winter to hibernate, but the vet said that's madness because it can kill them, but theirs has lasted eight years. In the refrigerator? Oh, through the winter, hibernating. I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Have you written a book about him or anything yet? No, no, he's got his own Twitter feed. What's his name? He's called Parker. So his Twitter feed is at Parker Tortoise. I think Parker is the name of a footballer midfielder or something rather. Sure. 
Now, does does he actually do the posts, or do you uh, do you have to help him with the posts on Twitter? Um, I help him a bit, but he's but I actually haven't done it for a long time. But I know he's still going his feed. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we'll link to it from AnimalRadio.pet. I appreciate you taking time to to spend with us to tell us a little bit about Parker. This is a most unusual situation. I I didn't realize they were so high maintenance. Well, thank you. I'm so pleased you're interested in Parker's life. Well, I'm I'm going to sign up and I'm going to follow him on Twitter. So. Uh, and- <laughs> I'll try and put something more interesting up. Okay, to talk to you. Thanks, Michelle. Take care. Reaching across the pond there. Literally. In the fridge, huh? <laughs> I wonder if anybody ever mistaken the, you know, the turtle for the um, lasagna. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet. And we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. United Airlines accidentally flew rapper Schoolboy Q's dog. Did you hear about this? From Denver International Airport to the wrong city during Oops. a layover le- uh, this month. Uh-oh. The rapper said that, yeah, he was traveling with his dog from Missouri, headed to Burbank, California. But during the layover in Denver, the airline mistakenly switched his dog with another dog. So he arrives in Burbank to find someone else's pet seems his dog had actually flown on to Chicago. He then texted, like everybody would do, wouldn't they? Texted CNN (laughs) with his news saying, My little dog has been moving around since this morning. Probably has to pee and number two all over his cage. Shaking my head. (laughs) Well, the problem is resolved and been resolved, and both pets were back with their proper families within 24 hours. But Q says he's going to sue. It is summer, and every year local police and animal care investigators are called out, as you can imagine, on hundreds of reports of, you know, pets left alone in hot vehicles. So wanting to take some action, the Humane Society of Greater Rochester has kicked off a a cute campaign called Too Hot for Spot, and it's mostly to address all of the confusion over so many different laws. Their advice is, if you do see a pet that's been left alone in a vehicle, first call 911, then notify a nearby store manager or a security guard. But they add, do not get into a lecture or debate with the owner of the car should they return. Just tell them I've called police and they're on their way and let the people leave if they want because at that point you should have already written down their license plate number as well as a description of the car and taken some photos. Canada Day was July 1st. It's known as Moving Day in Quebec. And it's most of the provinces, uh, their leases expire on that same day each year. So if you have a rental property, your tenants, if they're going to be moving out, will be moving out on that day. 
So each year on that day, more than 1,600 pets are abandoned by their owners who leave them behind because they're all moving at one time. Now one company is stepping up to be the voice of these forgotten pets. They've partnered with the SPCA to make cardboard moving boxes in the shapes of dogs, cats, and rabbits. That's kind of odd, isn't it? Yeah, I saw this, though, but it's, it's diff- it's different. It's cute, I Yeah, it's, it's creative. Their message is clear when you think about it. It's don't leave your pet behind. And those boxes, they say, are designed to bring awareness to the issue and also to raise money for the SPCA to help with the increase in abandoned pets at that time. Now, those cute boxes... No, are not meant for people to pack their pets in. Instead, they are used to collect donations at the checkout of businesses in the Montreal area in the weeks leading up to the big moving day. And scientists have long assumed that lions were hardwired to kill leopards on sight until a wild lioness was caught on camera this month and she was nursing a three-day-old leopard cub. Experts around the world have been shocked at these photos, saying there is no other recorded case in history where a big cat in the wild has suckled a cub belonging to another species. The photos were captured, in, and they are the very first evidence of such interspecies bonding between predators that are normally mortal enemies. I think there's more going on than us humans know. Yeah, and it's been you going know, on a while. Yeah, they, they fear that the lioness is that it's not going to have a happy ending. Lionesses go away to have their cubs and they come back in eight weeks and reintroduce them to their group or pride. Hmm. So they think if the cub does make it to the leopard cub makes it to eight weeks old, that he won't survive meeting her family. Hmm. It's always the (laughs) in-laws. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified fear-free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. In just about 15 minutes, we're going to talk to Nancy Dussault. I called her Nancy Dussault before. I'm sorry, Judy has corrected me on that. It was spelled like Dussault, but it is French. Voulez-vous sous coucher en la tour fromage, la tour de soie, la tour de soie. Un, deux, trois. Pepe le pew. That's all the French we all know. All yeah. combined there. That's. Uh, you notice I said nothing. I I can't even imagine a French accent out of you. Uh, anyway, she uh, I believe she has a brand new uh, dog that she's going to tell us about, oh. uh, a little Havanese Yorkie, from what I understand. Oh, that sounds adorable. And uh, I didn't realize that she was the first anchor on Good Morning America, besides being in Too Close for Comfort. And wow. I read somewhere that she doesn't 
she, she doesn't like the fact that she's only recognized for Too Close for Comfort. She's actually been a, a singer way before that ever started. And she was on Mad About You, too, with um, Paul Reiser. And Helen Hunt. Yes, she and played Helen. Helen's mother. Yes, Stemple. Well, that's the only thing I remember. Stemple was her Stemple. last name, her maiden name. I don't remember her name character on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Neither do I. Yeah. So she'll be on in just a few minutes to tell us about her new dog. And, you know, we love to hear about everybody's new dog, whether it's a celebrity or your new dog. You can call us toll-free or cat or flamingo or bird or horse or iguana. We, we just like animals. We're crazy about our animals here. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Let's take another one for Dr. Debbie, and we have Mike on the phone. Hey, Mike. Hi. How are you doing, Mike? Okay, driving right now. Where are you driving? I'm just coming into Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. Well, we got the doctor here. What's going on with your dog? I have a about a six-year-old American Spit, and she has bad breath. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think she says about you? My gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Her brother is fine. He doesn't have any problems. I got her when she was three months old. And she more or less had it since then. We've tried everything. Okay. On her. What have you now, tried? I, well, I've tried all kinds of dog bones, you know, that used to, uh, supposed to be for bad breath and dogs and stuff. Okay. And nothing has helped her. Okay. Um, my first and my biggest question for you is, have you had her in to have her teeth evaluated and cleaned at your veterinary office? She's going to go in when I get home. Awesome. She does have some flack on the back ones. Now, and this is one thing I know. I even bought some, um, somebody was talking about it a while ago on taking to their dogs to um, a groomer, and the groomer is doing it, which is illegal. Oh, yeah, we talked about that before. The anesthesia-free dental cleaning that got you so steamed, Dr. Debbie. It did, yeah. Now, I'm not opposed to, I don't don't think that. No, and I don't think I have a problem with groomers doing teeth brushing. Brushing is different, but I think that's your job as a pet parent at home to do regular brushing. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of the uh, let your uh, hairdresser uh, clean your child's teeth thing. That's just out of my part. No, I'm not either. The, the number one cause of bad breath in dogs is periodontal disease. So that's why I was asking you if you had regular dental cleanings done. So any bad breath in your pet, I'm going to say lift that lip up, and I'm going to say it's most likely due to the bacteria film and the plaque products on the teeth and along the gum line. So we have to address that first. So you may throw all the yeah. dental bones at your baby and all the rinses and gels, but if we're not really getting to the core problem of that bacteria yeah. film and, re- and removing plaque, that's the, that's the, the bare yeah, bones getting to the main, main things I'm going to do when I get her home this time, but she's on the road with me all the time. Yeah, and then once we get the teeth evaluated, cleaned, hopefully there's no bad teeth in there. But in many cases, in my own dog, I was fooled by this. Uh, outer teeth looked great and then ended up probing the teeth when we had them under for a teeth cleaning. And we actually had a pocket behind one of the teeth, and that was a rotten root. There was no outward sign. So we took an x-ray, found a bad tooth in my perfect mouth dog. So there can be problems that lurk under that gum line. So I, I definitely I applaud your efforts at getting your dog's teeth cleaned. And then from there, we can try things. Things like brushing the teeth, preferably three to seven times a week would be best. Um, and then yeah. using things like rinses and uh, water additives, things like that, that might help keep that mouth fresh. Yeah, that's what I found. I found some stuff that it's a gel that you put on her teeth for the plaque. And mm-hmm. then plus some stuff that's a uh, mint flavor in her water. 
Yeah. And I tried that for about four days, and it didn't even touch her breath. Because that stuff on the teeth is like cement. So, yeah, that's and that's why it's hard for some of these um, ancillary products to kind of help because, yeah, we got to get the, the grossness off those teeth. And, yeah. you know, n- not everybody, like, can. if you guys could see what we pull off a dog's teeth, you'd really I, understand. And it's really some I, gross stuff. I've actually had dog's tartar chip across, and thank God I had glasses on, and almost hit my eye. We're talking yeah. really... Concrete it's, it's stuff. hard stuff. Yep. So, we'll, we'll, best wishes with the dental cleaning and uh, hope they don't find anything serious. But if they uh, hopefully just clean things up and get you on the right path for some home care that you can do either while you're um, on the road um, or when you're settled um, into different areas. So, there's a lot of different avenues that you can do and even some dental diets that can be helpful preventing plaque accumulation and that periodontal disease. <laughs> Check out the Groupon app where you can save up to infinity, theoretically speaking. Actually, you can save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Suppose you saved $10 on tacos and took that $10 and used it to get more great restaurant deals on Groupon, like Italian or Chinese. Pretty soon, you could save a ton. Brunch? Check Groupon. Dinner plans? Check Groupon. Hungry? Use the top-rated Groupon app to save up to $100 a week on what you do every day. Download the app and save. Groupon. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. We're going to go back to the phones for Dr. Debbie and Joy Volani in just a couple of minutes here. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And the Android version just updated this last week, so if you haven't downloaded the update, do it now and make sure that the next time there's a recall or news that you need for your animals, you'll get a notification right to your smartphone. Speaking of on the phone, we have Nancy Dussault. She is joining us from Los Angeles. You remember her from Too Close for Comfort. And I just realized today that she was the first anchor of Good Morning America. I did not know that. Nancy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Yes, I was the first anchor getting up at dawn. But yes, and and an animal lover. And an animal lover. Yeah, we just adopted a new new dog. Really? There we go. What kind of dog did you get? They tell me <laughs> he's part uh, Havanese and part Yorkie. Havanese and, and Yorkies. He's a little guy. Yeah. He's about 10 pounds. Yeah, he's he's really, really adorable because we lost a dog a few months ago. And, oh. of course, that's a really devastating loss for everybody, you know? Sure, sure. You understand that. So how are yeah. you today? Doing well. So what what is your Havanese Yorkie's name? It was Coco. We have renamed him Cooper. 
Cooper. You know, that happens within the first few weeks of getting an animal. They start out as one name. And yeah. It might even morph again. You know that, right? I know. <laughs> no, but I like I love the name Cooper. I think it really suits him. Now, do you and, spoil uh, Cooper? Uh, actually, we're in kind of training with him. He was with a family before that uh, were willing to find him a new home because they said they were never home, and they it really hurt them that he was alone so much. So uh, he kind of had free reign of everything. So we're... He's never been walked before, so we're training him wow. how to walk, sort of housebreaking him, because they just left the door open oh. for him to go in and out on the patio. Oh. So uh, so he doesn't know about How old outside. is he? He's going to be five. So it's sort of training an old dog new tricks. Yes, and we're in the throes of crate training him also, because we always had our dogs crate trained, which made it so good, because we traveled with him, and... Uh, Hotels, motels, wherever you like to stay with an animal, they love it when they know the dog's in a crate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's a it's a private little den for them. My dog likes her crate. Yeah. He's not quite used to it yet, but he's getting, I mean, he does go into it, which is great, willingly, you know, and uh, with treats and stuff. And uh, I now have the door closed for a period of time. And so he's he's acclimating. Does he sleep in bed with you at night or does he go into a crate? No, he's. Right in bed. Yeah, I thought so. I knew it. It's funny because the previous owners did not let him sleep in their bedroom because that was all carpeted. They were afraid he'd have an accident. This one is, he's the first one in bed here, (laughs) (laughs) which is really cute. And he doesn't, you know, he kind of stays put. He's not at all bothersome in bed. We've never had a dog sleep in bed with us because we always had big dogs. So this is a whole new world. Well, Judy has a little dog that's... How, how much does Ladybug weigh about? Nine, nine pounds. And you put her in a little sling and carry her along with yeah. you wherever you yeah. Yes, I just ordered one. I've ordered a couple of slings. They're great. Are they? What kind did you have? See, now we got a really... I need some uh, advice I, on... I don't... Uh, We've never had a small dog like this. Yeah, I'd have to look at the name of it, but I'd say... It's, That's all right. It's Is shaped it 10 pounds also? Yeah, she's nine, yeah. And it's shaped, no, like, yeah. a, shaped like a banana... Yeah, he's a little long. People ask if he's a part dachshund, which he is not. So, but uh, now are you trying to, trying to train him to go uh, pee inside? I mean, on uh, a pad. Outside. No, we tried because we have a little balcony, and uh, you know, because like I said, he was used to going on a patio. So I must say, the first few nights he got me up about one thirty, and I took him out to the balcony, which I let him because I didn't really want to get dressed and go outside. Right. You know, I hosed it down. Uh, but And we put one of those, it looks like a, a swath of grass, you know, out, out on the balcony, but he, he always sniffs it when he goes by, but he doesn't go on it. He uh, has no interest. So, But he's doing well being walked now. He's getting better and better. You know, we're walking him often, and... Uh, I think he's got it. You know, we ought to send you one of these brilliant pads. We we have a, a friend who's uh, letting us try out these brilliant pads. That's an automatic indoor. Uh, what do they call it? Doggy potty area. Potty potty area. And they don't use grass, but they use pee pads. But it's on a continuous roll, so they can't go. Oh, I see. They can't pick it up and chew it and walk off with the pad like puppies kind of do. And yeah. And then it, it, you can set it to automatically, once the dog's used it, you can set it like to go off three or four times a day and it'll automatically roll out, you know, cover up the uh-huh. old pad. And then it eventually... Do you ro- use it? Do uh, you use it? I use it. She and loves it. I love it. But my, my dog's always used pee pads, so she was easy oh, to I train. See. But yeah. for indoors, it is 
great. Especially at 2 in the morning. Yeah, my dog gets me up in the middle of the night. She's in the crate, and she gets me up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I, she goes right over the, into that automatic thing, goes to the bathroom, and goes back into her crate. I don't have to get up and get dressed, go outside. And yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, ideally, uh, my husband wanted him to sleep in a crate at night, but he he just didn't know about those things. <laughs> and, of course, I read everything I could read online and everywhere else, and they said you should, especially when they're older. I'll tell you what, we're going we're gonna to send you one of these so that you, okay. c- you can try it out and see if it works. It works. If it doesn't, you know, you try. Okay. Okay. And, and we that wish you great. the best of luck with Cooper. If you have, ever have any questions about Cooper, you know, we got a veterinarian here. we got a, a groomer here. Any of those questions, you can always call oh, us. Oh, you really do? Okay. I'll call you. Yeah. I'll call yeah. you too. Great. That You're, would be wonderful. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. You're very welcome. I'm really glad to talk with you both. Thank you. Well, it's time for us to get on out of here. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, you can get your fix during the week over at Animal Radio.pet. Bye-bye. Yeah, goodbye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.